0: The Secret Society.
1: Hear it first on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and First Amendment Radio.net around the world and on satellite.
0: Good morning. Welcome to Keys to the Kingdom. I'm Brother Paul in Wisconsin, and I had that little pregnant pause there just as you're wondering, well, is it going to be Gregory today, or is it going to be someone else? And sorry if I disappoint you, but this is Paul, and uh, it's good to be talking to you today. I'm going to start out with a little thing that I'm going to call "Where's Gregory?" Um. I just spoke with him this morning, and Gregory is in Fort, Mi- Fort Mill, South Carolina, with Brother Jeff Perot, and he's got a action-packed weekend. It looks like, as I look at the schedule, uh, this whole past week has been pretty busy as he made his way from Tyler, Texas, Dallas area, all the way over to the Carolinas. So he's kind of he made it to uh, Mississippi and Alabama. He has a stop in Georgia, and uh, he made the turn to the north and started he- heading for the Carolinas. <clears throat> so he had a brief stop in Waynesville, North Carolina. I guess it was a very excellent turnout, and some some good discussion went on at Larry's place in Waynesville. And now he's in Fort Mill with, with Brother Jeff. Um, he's got, if you look at the schedule, which can be found at hisholychurch.org slash tour. You can find all the details of where Brother Gregory will be, where the gatherings are going on, and if you're anywhere along this path, I encourage you to get out and see what it's all about. Come and meet us. You know, get us, get to know us face to face. See what we look like. See that we're real people. We got the real mission going. And imagine, imagine. Can't put yourself in Gregory's place, in his shoes. He's taken out two months or more of his life to come and travel all the way across the united states and all the way back and just to meet with us face to face one on one and to spread this message jump start these congregations of record along the way you know get to know the concerns find out what we're all dealing with on a day to day basis and uh, it's going to be helpful for each and every one of us so take advantage of this i mean it's not something that happens every day it's going to be pretty draining on him, I'm sure, by the time he gets back home uh, in mid-May. So I encourage you. Um, after, after this weekend in South Carolina, Gregory will be heading for to Strasburg, Virginia, or Strasburg, I guess it's called, on April 18th, which is Monday, in New Jersey. On Tuesday, April 19th. Now, April 19th is a pretty special day in New England. They call it Patriots Day. I had the, f- the fortunate uh, part of my life where I got to live near Boston and actually in Lexington, Massachusetts. And on April 19th, that is uh, in this day in history like Gregory likes to do, April 19th, 1775 was the uh, shot heard around the world, the first shot fired in the American Revolution. And it happened on Lexington Green and further on into Concord, two uh, cities that are pretty near each other but on april 19th that's an actual holiday in new england in uh, many of the states i know for sure in boston and massachusetts and they get up at the crack of dawn they uh, reenact the early the battles on lexington green in the early hours of the morning now the one year that i was there it was probably pretty realistic as to the revolutionary times. It was cold and rainy, and but it was very interesting nonetheless. Kind of reliving history. So uh, anyway, Gregory will be in New Jersey, Califon, New Jersey, on April nineteenth, and maybe there's Patriot's Day stuff going on there. Then he moves on up to the Massachusetts area, Worcester, Boston, for the the next the following weekend. April twenty second will be Friday, and he will be at a conference in Worcester, um, Saturday he will be in Boston, and then from there he goes on to Grove City, Pennsylvania, Middlebury, Columbus, Indiana, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Wimbledon, North Dakota, and on toward home. So that's our little bit on where's Gregory. Um... If you want again, if you want the details on this, please check out the website at hisholychurch.org dot org slash tour and that will give you all these details and who you can contact and if you are along the path and you'd like to set up a meeting on your own, you know contact the people nearby and we'll get it we'll get it on the schedule so there's nothing to it <clears throat> all right. Well, we have. I've been while I've been filling in for Brother Gregory. I've been reading from a book, his book called "The Higher Liberty." <clears throat> Last week, I tried to end up with the the beginning of the book where he has a dedication, and unfortunately, I didn't plan the timing too well, so. You didn't get to hear the whole thing. So this week, maybe I will just start with this dedication, because I think it's important from a contextual point of view. The book starts his holy church dedicated to the service of the Lord. The adversary of God has twisted words to deceive mankind from the beginning of our dominion on this planet. For his own selfish purposes, the adversaries of God have attempted to alter the world we live in by altering our perspectives of the way of God and tempted us to depart from the ways of God. The private interpretation of biblical text passed down to us from the earlier church has been a Gordian knot that has bound the minds of men into personal prisons by the formation of damnable heresies that have crept into the modern doctrines of christianity god christ and men are the same yesterday and today if we will not learn from the errors and wisdom of the past we will repeat them god granted man dominion over the earth but not over each other he desires us to be free souls under him he wants us to remain in his presence and to go under no other. Abraham, Moses, and the prophets came to set the captives free. Christ came to do the same in spirit and in truth that we might be saved. We are to seek the kingdom of God, and which is the right to be ruled by God, and to have no other ruling judge before God. We are to tend to the weighty ma- weightier matters of law, justice, mercy, and faith by the perfect law of liberty through faith, hope, and charity. But we keep making covenants, contracts, and agreements which brings us back into the entanglements of the world. We covet our neighbor's goods and, the lack, of, and lack the faith and love of Christ. We should repent and seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that kind of sets up the whole mood of this uh little booklet that Gregory has written. I say little because it's a small book format, but it's got, you know, over 150 pages. And it's chock full of these short um, little gems that we can use to answer questions that may come up. Now, where we left off, we're going to start today on page 40 of the book, which is covers the religion of the people. The Bible talks about government hundreds and hundreds of times. Contracts, covenants, agreements, hundreds of times. Religion is mentioned only five times. In 1382, the introduction of John Wycliffe's translation of the Bible read, This Bible is for the government of the people, by the people, and for the people. John was arrested by the government and died in jail. Two years later, a church burned his body at the stake a church they burned others alive for the same beliefs and perception james 1:27 tells us pure religion and undefiled before god and the father is this to visit the fatherless and widows of the to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world now here we're going to see that Greek word world again is defined as the constitution order government which comes from the Greek word cosimo defined to care for to take care of or to provide for it meant the state Christ's kingdom offered the same religious benefits care and assistance as the world it offered daily bread for the administration of the widows and orphans, but it was dependent on faith, hope, and charity to provide the resources of its government, as God has always intended. The world then offered free bread and circuses and a vast system of welfare. They provided those benefits through the tax-supported temples of the Roman government. This collection of the sacrifices of the people was called Corban, and like the Korban of the Pharisees it made the word of God to none effect. The governments of the world never provided charity, they never do provide charity. They only give away what they have taken from others. The government of God never gives anything except what is charitably given. Freely give and freely receive. In this one precept of charity we divide the the goats from the sheep governments from the gods of the many gods many of the world from the government of God and the Father in heaven pure religion from impure religion and the faithful from those of little faith now the way I'm bringing this to you today by reading it um, has its flaws I mean, yes it's easy to sit and listen to someone read it and hopefully you will hear it uh, in a way that will intrigue you to look into this further. However, if you get to pick up either an online copy of this book or a paper copy, um, both of which can be found online, join the ne- Living Network and you will be able to get a hold of them. But what you're missing by me reading this is the hundreds of footnotes that detail the research that has gone into each and every statement in these books. So. I apologize for that, but in order to keep the flow, I can't really get into the footnotes. <clears throat> Let's talk about the next section, Mighty Hunters. Genesis ten nine tells us, He was a mighty hunter before the Lord, wherefore it is said, Even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. The word hunter is from Tosayad, which is more often translated provision, food, food supply, or victuals. This verse would be better translated to the effect that Nimrod was a mighty provider instead of the Lord. This concept of men snaring the people into bondage by the offer of benefits would be in line with numerous biblical warnings about returning to Egypt. The commandments against making covenants with inhabitants and their gods, against coveting your neighbor's goods, the proverbs about eating with rulers and not consenting for gain and testimony of David and Paul about tables that should have been for our welfare becoming a snare, to say nothing of Jesus' prohibitions about praying to the fathers of the earth, swearing or taking any oaths, or being like the rulers of the Gentiles who exercise authority, who offer benefits at your neighbor's expense, or promise liberty but deliver them into bondage. The Gospel of the Kingdom is for those living, willing to repent and seek the righteousness of God by setting their neighbor free from their own avarice and covetous hearts. That kingdom is at hand. We should not be like the governments of the Gentiles. Seeking his righteousness is a way that may save his people for the rest, for this life and the next. <clears throat> for this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Ephesians five five. The covetous prayers. Prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is an appeal, an application. If you apply for benefits, deeming that your neighbor must pay for your welfare through the authority of men who call themselves benefactors, then you will and should become nothing more than human resources, at the whim of those elected to rule over you. The greatest threat to liberty is the offices of voters steeped in a des- desire for benefits, even at their neighbor's expense. You have the right. You have rights antecedent to all the earthly governments, rights that cannot be repealed or restrained by human laws. Rights derived from the great legislator of the universe but you may sell yourself as a slave to God of your own making by consent and seal your bondage in debt. Free societies are dependent upon the charitable virtue and nature of its members, not the ability to extract contributions at the point of a gun or sword. (coughs) It is a violation of the perfect law of liberty, of charity and love to covet your neighbor's goods through governments. Abraham, Moses and Jesus taught the precepts of liberty, but modern churches, synagogues and mosques have rejected God and failed the people that they were meant to serve. We will not be free until we free our neighbor from the whim of these of our own desires. Because my people have forgotten me, they have incense to vanity. They have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths to walk in the ways and the paths, not in a way not cast up. Jeremiah eighteen fifteen. <clears throat> We're talking about a spirit here, okay? By government taking over what is supposed to be the role of the church, which is supposed to be the government, but the, the governments so of today they take over this faith, hope, and charity uh, provision by providing benefits that simply are derived from taking property and money from your neighbor. By doing that, they take away the spirit of giving. And that is the key to what's being lost today. If you live in a community which is dependent on your spirit of giving, and God loves a cheerful giver, as we're told many times throughout the Bible, then you're living in Christ. It is your spirit of willingness to give and set your neighbor free and keep them free that makes the kingdom of God work. Once that is given up, once these responsibilities are given to government or anyone else for that matter, you lose the benefits of that spirit. And that's why we need to repent and reclaim those benefits, reclaim that spiritual position of responsibility. How about the Gospel of Love, page 43. A watered-down gospel without repentance, neglecting commandments, void of the kingdom of God at hand, can change the face of Christianity but not the character of Christ. The church that sends their members to pray to men who call themselves but exercise authority is following Christ. The church that condones coveting a neighbor's goods through the power and authority of these false benefactors is doing contrary to the decrees of Christ. They may not really know Christ or love him. This is a really quick page, but it's covered with about three-quarters of the page in footnotes. So again, I encourage you, go out to hisholychurch.org. Click on the little network icon, the guy throwing the net, and get involved. Sign up. Choose a contact minister that will keep you in contact with the goings-on in the network. And he or she will be able to get you online copies of these books. Look up the footnotes. You can see the research. And you can understand where this is coming from. I encourage you all to do it, but it has to come from within you. And the Spirit will lead you there. Pray for it. Seek truth the gospel of freedom in contradistinction, without seeking the kingdom of God at hand and his righteousness his righteous liberty under God through charity and hope the people are brought back to bondage of Egypt and Babylon it is in bondage of the mind it is bondage of the spirit and bondage of the soul and body if we will not look at things anew God wants us to be free souls Freedom is the right to choose, the right to create for oneself the alternatives of choice. Without the possibility of choice and the exercise of choice, a man is not a man but a member, an instrument, a thing. Real freedom under God requires loving practice of charitable responsibility, which sustains our God given right and the rights of our neighbors equally. It nurtures the virtue of Christ in us. From the beginning, (laughs) from the beginning God has endowed man with free will which is the power to choose. The Bible also clearly tells us that man goes out of the presence of God sins against God when he goes under the authority of other men like Cain, Nimrod, Pharaoh, even Saul and Caesar. God wants his people to be free he wants them to let every soul be subject unto the higher liberty for there is no liberty but of God, the liberties that are ordained that be are the liberties that be are ordained of God. whosoever therefore opposes liberty opposes the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. This is a paraphrase of Romans thirteen verses one through three I would imagine, <coughs> and it's exactly what I was editorializing before I started reading it so I hope you see that um, our message is harmonious and uh, we'll just move on if we do evil and reject the ways of God and make a covenant with men and, and consent privily for gain and are snared in the net of our own making then we need be subject not only for wrath but also for conscience sake Romans 13 5 God does not want you subject but if you owe Caesar pay him if you are now realizing that you are again entangled in the elements of the world having returned to the bondage of Egypt been snared and trapped in the net of rulers because you have been eating at their tables then there is hope because none are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free an excellent quote art thou called being servant I care not for it but if thou mayest be free use it rather 1 Corinthians seven, twenty-one. can you be free without Christ where is Christ for where two or three are gathered together in my name there am I in the midst of them Matthew eighteen twenty. Christ gives us the keys to the kingdom gather with those who know Christ his name, his character, his spirit. Those are the people who tend to the weightier matters of law, justice, mercy, and faith. They are the people who care about and love their neighbor as themselves. They are those who understand that love is sacrifice. With the aid of Christ in others and giving of yourself like Christ to others, you will receive the power in faith. You will not have to bind yourself on earth but we will be able to loose on earth and in heaven. We, like Christ, may free ourselves by freeing our neighbor first. We are saved by the Eucharist of Christ, which is the Greek word for thanksgiving. Th- that thanksgiving is the antithesis of covetousness, envy, and greed. Charity is the antithesis to com- commercialism. It is our daily practice, free giving and forgiving that makes us partakers of his body and blood. Daily Bread We do not intend to change the Bible. If people wish to use the word power in place of exousia, the Greek word, they may do so. But in their thinking they must remain in accord with Paul's meaning when they choose one of the many definitions of the word power from the English dictionary. At least one of them means the power to choose. I'll break here because we're coming up to a break. But I encourage you to hang with me, and we will continue with the higher liberty after we get back.
2: Listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your support today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com.
1: Gold and silver is tremendously undervalued. Global demand vastly exceeds mine supply by more than 60% annually. There is little in the financial world more certain than a coming explosion in the prices of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar continues to lose value and respect as the world's reserve currency. Our nation faces challenges on many fronts and a day doesn't pass without another economist bringing forth warnings of impending economic calamity. There has never been a better time than right now to acquire physical gold and silver. Discount Gold and Silver Trading was founded on the principles of truth and honesty. We believe in providing a quality product, quality service, and most importantly, competitive pricing. We provide all forms of precious metals including American gold, silver, platinum, and rare investment and circulated coins. Silver bars, rounds, and 90% silver bags are on hand for the silver investor. Gold self-directed IRAs are available. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, that's 1-800-375-4188. If you read the history books, the most often asked
0: question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the
1: North invaded the South.
2: Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Pass Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of of Federal federal Aggression. aggression. Get this DVD presentation for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Call... 559-781-3773. 559 The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. If
1: you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at firstamendmentradio.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all of our programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you may request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $25. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You may do all of this online at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. You may also adopt an hour of your favorite program Please don't forget that most of the programs on FirstAmendmentRadio.com are listener supported. Don't do internet, then call 559 781 3773 and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Welcome
0: back to Keys of the Kingdom i'm paul in wisconsin and we're talking about the higher liberty today um... in case you didn't catch it on the first part of the show gregory is in fort mills south carolina today with brother jeffrey and he's got a number of activities for the whirlwind tour gregory's traveling across the the continent and meeting up with as many people as want to meet up with brother gregory i encourage you Find out where he's at in your area by going to hisholychurch.org slash tour and look up the details of where he will be when. Um, one of the upcoming events in Massachusetts, they actually made a 30-second radio spot, and which I'd like to share with you. Now, I haven't tried this officially here, so we will just have to see if this is going, going to make it on the air. So I'll just be quiet while this 30-second plays, and hopefully you'll hear it.
1: The Gregory Williams World Tour 2011 is visiting people all across America and making a stop on Cape Cod for those who care as much about their neighbors' rights as they do their own. For those who ask, are men property of the state or are they free souls under God? Gregory Williams from we will be speaking and answering questions on this and Kingdom Life as preached by Jesus, Moses, and Abraham. 1 p.m. this Saturday at the Horowitz Community Center, 100 Oak Street. Taking back to the next level, the Gregory Williams World Wind Tour. Brought to you by Cappadonna Construction.
0: All right. All these things are generated by people along the way, grassroots. I mean, everybody is involved in making this kingdom effort work. That's what it's about. It's a spirit. Like I said earlier, it's a spirit of being involved, a spirit of caring for your neighbor as much as you care for yourself. And um, if you're feeling that, if that's the way your mindset is, then I encourage you to look us up. Come meet us. Find out that... we're not fooling here. This is real. <clears throat> now, continue looking into the higher liberty. God desires that every man should be free, a free soul under him directly, having that divinely endowed right of choice unimpaired. He, like Paul, desires that we not go under the power of any. Paul even proclaims that he will not go under the authority of any in 1 Corinthians Six twelve and uses the Greek word exus exusiazo when he is saying that he will not give away his right to choose to another but chooses to remain at liberty. We already know that governments derive their power from consent, and we are told in the Bible to consent not most people consent and bind themselves with constructive contracts, which God told us not to do in exodus twenty three thirty two exodus thirty four twelve to fifteen <clears throat> God not only prohibited us from making covenants with inhabitants where we go, but also warned us that it would be a snare and that it would make us have to bow down and serve their ruler, ruling judges instead of God. He also warned us against eating those things that had been sacrificed to those ungodly institutions. To eat of his sacrifice means to accept those bounties, donations, and benefits. Give us this day our daily bread. Matthew 6.11 Our daily bread should only come by faith, hope, and charity. It is those tables of kings and princes that snare the people. Now what about the fathers on the earth? Is that talking about anybody? Is that talking about Catholic priests? Is father so-and-so? Is that what we're getting at here? At the time of Christ in the emperor. At the time of Christ, the emperor was called Patronus. As the father of the nation, he demanded parents patriae, obey the father. The senators were addressed as Patri or conscripted fathers. Then, then came a king called Jesus, who said, call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. The power to impose a tribute an excise tax on the people is a patrimonial right. All of these fathers upon the earth, parents patriae, is where the is where the king had a royal prerogative to act as guardian for the persons. In the United States, the parents patriae function belongs with the states. It had always been an option for the people to apply to the state for an enfranchised citizenship. In one hundred and sixty-eight A.D. Marcus Aurelius, the emperor of Rome, wanted no child left behind. Does that sound familiar? He required by law that everyone must register the birth of their children with the secretary of the treasury or the provincial registrars within 30 days. The Christians said no. Such registration would be an application to the father of of the Roman state, and that would be turning from Christ's commands. The state became the in loco parentis, which in Latin means the place of the parent, which is a turning away from the family instituted by God. Should Christians pray or eat at the civil altars or tables of those fathers of the earth, or pray to the Father who is in heaven, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. Luke twenty-two thirty. All right, how does this apply to modern Christians? Say, well, we've come a long way since then, right? Modern Christianity was born after the persecution and murder of millions by the church. They were born after the imprisonment and murder of the translators of the Bible. After the plethora of diversionary doctrines born in confusion. After the slaughter of those who resisted the return of the kings. After the autocratic benefactors demanding faith and allegiance after the influence of an army of trained and the righteous liberty which christianity awakened among its disciples organized into it into republics governments are instituted by men from cain to nimrod and pharaoh to caesar even saul and herod down to the present day god created man with the freedom and liberty to choose modern christians have consistently applied to the systems run by men who are who are not benefactors but simply take from your neighbors to grant your benefits the slothful Christian should be under tribute Proverbs 12.24 tells us the slothful shall be under tribute the Old Testament in the Old Testament we are told that thou shalt make no covenant with them nor with their gods Exodus 23.32 what does that mean? what does it mean not to make covenants with the gods? bow down to them, or serve them. Who are these gods many? Have we made agreements by our prayers and applications to authoritarian benefactors, to idols made by men? The common Hebrew and Greek words translated god or gods were used at the time of Christ to address the magistrates and judges in court. Those gods ruled over the people. They administered the laws of the ruling elite. The emperor held a political office of apotheosis, Appointer of gods. Not not because of any superstitious belief in stone idols, but because he appointed the imperial judges through the empire. That same office of apotheosis exists today in the United States, as well as most other, go- other governments. George Washington is honored with the same title in a painting by that name, Apotheosis, in the Rotunda. Fresco on the interior of the Capitol dome in Washington D.C. In God made us ru- ruling judges of our choices. That is why Jesus said, "It is not written in your law." I said, "Ye are gods." Or is it not written in your law? I said, "Ye are gods." Woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. That's Jude one eleven. They are systems that make gods of men, subjecting other men to fealty and allegiance. It is clear by the biblical text that Jesus appointed men to serve the people. Those individuals also made appointments of men chosen by the people. The clergy is simply the clerks of the kingdom, the bondservants of the king, in in service to the laity of the people who live by the perfect law of liberty, with its burden of individual responsibility. I'm getting into a little more Greek here about sacrificing to idols. What about these words idols? What about American Idol? Does that have anything to do with this? The TV show with the the singers? Sacrifice to idols. The Greek word idolatres, translated idolaters, would be called bandits hijackers drafters today the greek word "idolith" things or meats offered unto idols was produced from two greek words idolon meaning image or likeness of something and the word thuo something sacrificed it seems to have been invented by the christians and appears to be the negative counterpart to korban mentioned in mark which made the word of god to none effect Korban also means sacrifice and was common to all temples. The purpose of those sacrifices was twofold, to provide for the needs of the people and the need to care about others. Charity, love, giving, and forgiving are the foundation of the character of God and the cornerstone of his righteous society. The sacrifices in temples were commonly divided between the priests, members, and the poor. What the priests could not consume was sold at a discount to the needy. Some temples were more like investment houses and regularly issued money. They funded trade or mining ventures and harbors, aqueducts or roads, even war. The temples could be institutions of charity or social insurance. Religion is not only loving God, but loving one another. The temples manage the contributions of the people. When they operated with free will offerings, they were a blessing to the liberty of the people. When they compelled the contribution of the people, they were institutions of bondage. Like Nimrod of Babylon, Pharaoh of Egypt, and the Roman emperors, they could be a snare and a trap, a stumbling block, a re- recompense, the enemy of freedom. Rome moved from a free republic to an indirect democracy, and then a socialist dictatorship. The middle class was sandwiched between a new and conspicuous moneyed class and a proletariat that had no other aspiration but to be kept by the welfare state. Religion comes from the Latin meaning to bind. The religion of society will determine the state of society. The religion of Christ binds the people by charity and love. Civil religion is the result of social contract. When the welfare of society is provided by the sword of the state, pure religion is murdered and liberty dies. An an authoritarian bureaucracy of the state becomes the new ministers and priests of society. All who take by that sword will perish under that sword. Liberty is not collective, it is personal it's individual it's all liberty is individual liberty individual rights given by god and the privileged power of government granted by men have been at war since caden killed abel state is an end and an, state is an end and individual liberty is a means to the end or the state is a means to the and the individual is an end in itself that's a quote which I just botched. The state's duties never ventured into the retribution of wealth and moral society because man was not endowed with the right to take from his brother. Think of it this way. Individual and community. Are there community rights or are there individual rights? Can you slice off a bit of community and call it commu- an individual or is a community made up of individuals? It all starts with the individual. When you get up in the morning and look in the mirror, do you have any less rights than when you go gather in community? No. It all stems from the individual and how we gather together in what spirit is what defines the community we live in. Redistribution is immoral. It allows one person to treat another as no more than a means. The welfare state is the enemy of religion. When pure religion diminishes, socialism flourishes. Some people, through social compact, give the state the power to take from its members for the welfare of society. That power has been deemed a foolish rejection of God. It is impossible to introduce into society a greater change and a greater evil than this, the conversion of the law into an instrument of plunder. All socialism involves slavery. Socialism is the religion people get. Who's their religion? (coughs) These are all quotes and footnoted heavily in this book. I will never live for the sake of another man, or ask another man to live for mine. We must learn to distinguish between charity and socialism. Charity is good. Socialism is evil. Charity is for the helpless poor, while welfare makes the poor helpless. What was the sin of Sodom? I encourage you to research that one on your own. It tells us right in the Bible. Um, But it's not what you think. So uh, make that a research project for this week and and see if you can't uh, come up with a solution and see how it applies here. An important delusion of the modern Christian, of the modern church, Biblia Theologica, is that though it has a form of godliness, it denies the power thereof. The word power in 2 Timothy 3, 5 is dunamis, often used to describe government power. Was Christ the king? Did he form a government that we could be a part of? Christ was king when he was born. Herod knew it. The magi, angels, the shepherds knew it. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, thousands of people hailed him as the highest son of David. Jesus said, that it was for this cause that he came into the world. And even the procurator of Rome, Pontius Pilate, admitted that this was the king and officially proclaimed it. So on the epigraph nailed to the cross. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Luke 23, 38. Jesus was the Messiah, the Masayish, the anointed. King David was also Masayish, i.e. Messiah, and was called that in Hebrew many times in the Bible. Being anointed means that he was the king. (coughs) In the New Testament, the Greek word Christos means anointed, Jesus Christ, the anointed king of a government. When Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, was he talking about the power of a government? He did use the word exousia. Why do theologians jump at the chance to say exousia has to do with government power unless Jesus uses it? For he taught them as one having authority. Exousia. Matthew 7:29. This scripture is speaking about Jesus, the king of Judea, the Messiah, who had the power to appoint a kingdom to his ambassadors and he, as he said he was going to do saying where is he that is born king of the Jews for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him Matthew two two. you remember that we're talking about the Magi the wise men astronomers it was for this cause that he came into the world he appointed a kingdom and in spirit and in truth. He set the captives free and set at liberty those who were bound in the elements of the world who received his baptism instead of the baptism of Herod. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. There are many words that have many definitions but the ministers of the modern church take it one way and it appears that the early church took it another. They were not being persecuted because they all choose to be, chose to be subject of the authority of government, but, they, but because they were often doing it contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king. They did not participate in the welfare systems of Rome, and therefore they were not a surety for the Roman state and its ever-increasing debts. <coughs> as thou hast sent me into the world even so I have John 17 verse 18 that's part of Christ's prayer for the apostles I have heard more than one man say that we need a modern church for modern times are times so different have men changed God has not Christ's message is timeless and if we will hear the whole message of the gospel of the kingdom and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That's in Mark, first chapter of Mark 15. That's where he started, Then he taught us more from there. Christ not only taught a different form of government, he appointed it to his apostles, his princes. But the modern church appoints governments of men to take care of what was once the obligation of the ministers of Christ. If you want to turn to the, the world right side up, repent turn around, return to the way taught by Christ and the prophets from the beginning. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4.17 Once in a while, we will hear people get beyond the Romans 13 argument and approach 1 Peter 2.13 which says, well, I'll read from here Should we submit to God or men? Should we ever go under authority or sell ourselves into bondage in exchange for benefits paid for by the subjection? It always leads to tyranny and abuse. Israel was forced to do so in Egypt because they had sold their own brother, Joseph, into bondage. But we were told never to return to that type of bondage again. The will of God for man is that he should be free to make choices and not be under the authority of men like Cain, Nimrod, Pharaoh, Saul, Caesar. Yet we also see Peter see see Peter say that you should submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme. That's first Peter two thirteen. If we look at this verse verse word by word and put it into the context of the whole scripture, we may see it in a new light. First, the Greek word Owen is not translated in the King James Version. The meaning of Owen is consequently or therefore. Peter's verse 13 is an ins- instruction in relation to prior statements. Verse 12 told us, having your conversion honest among the Gentiles, conversation sorry that whereas they speak against you as evil doers they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation this verse talks about our conduct among the gentiles the word gentiles is from ethnos meaning other nations the kingdom was a nation under God at hand but it did not exercise authority over people like other nations other people called them evildoers because they did not persi- participate in the social welfare systems of kings and rulers. They freely contributed to their governments, holy, who rightly divided it from house to house in pure religion, caring for the needy of their society, unspotted by the world, which was the world of Rome. Peter does say, Or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well that's verse 14 Paul knew that everyone seeking the kingdom could not be free but they should desire it art thou called beings a servant care not for it but if thou mayest be free be made free use it rather the accusation was one was often that these men of christ did not make offerings to the civil altars of caesar's government which supplied welfare for the needy of their society Christians did not participate. They had their own system, and men need to contribute to it out of love. So that's the end of this. May peace be upon the House. Get on the network. Find Brother Gregory. Get out and face face. God
2: bless.